Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey guys, you're listening to Absurdity, and I am here with Tony, who this episode will be doing his best NPR impression, because he's got some kids sleeping... uh, Close to him, close-ish to him. I don't know how far away they are from you, literally. I, it's my younger brother, so they're they're crashing downstairs because we have uh, some some visitors in our house. Um, my mom runs a small school, so I'm I'm home for a little bit of a break for about a week, and uh, it's just been so exciting, kind of seeing you know I got to see uh, one of my best friends uh, who works down here. I got to you know see all my family, um, you know, younger brothers and all that good stuff. But I didn't realize how many people are staying at her house. My great-grandma's here. My grandma's here. My mom is here. My dad is currently here. My sister is here. My two younger brothers are here. And we have a uh, one of the teachers at my mom's school sitting here as well. So it's just kind of chaos right now. And so the boys are uh, are sleeping downstairs right now. They're, they're about 15 feet or so uh, are about from me. And I'm kind of doing this a little bit early in the morning. So everyone's still kind of sort of been waking up a little bit, but you're going to hear a bunch of sounds in the background. Just prepare for that. I'm going to do my best to to tell everyone to shut up with like, I made a bunch of weird like hand signals, <laughs> but like, yeah, just like cutting across the throat, just like shut, shut, shut it. Nice. So, that'll be fine. Um, my grandma just waved at me, aw. so she says hi to all of our absurdity viewers. I feel like she doesn't know what absurdity is or what a podcast is. Not no, even a little bit. Nope. Yeah. Not no. She knows a podcast. I've explained podcasts. To I just tell people it's an online, just like an like internet like, radio it's, show. It's a radio yeah, program. That's, yeah, that's just yeah, a talk that's show. It is. It's like a radio program. Yeah. Well, so are Ish. you ready? Are you Ish. ready to hear the wonderful story of my panic attack on Wednesday after we recorded? <gasps> you, you you had a panic not, attack. Not too? like a okay. not like yes. okay. I just co opted something terrible. I didn't have like a full panic attack, but I did have this moment of. Like freak out, panic, like like panic, everything yeah. ends. No, no, no. Hit so me, shortly me. after, so okay, we're recording this episode August seventeen. On August uh-huh. fifteen, we yeah. recorded episode fifty, Nerd Culture. Well, shortly after that episode, I was sitting in front of my computer. I wasn't even touching my computer. I was actually checking something on my phone. I was leaned back away from my computer, and all of a sudden, it just freezes and turns off, and just shuts oh. off. And I'm like, oh no, this is how it ends, right? I had not, I had, I had edited right my audio file from that episode, but I had not saved it yet. And, um, I'm like freaking out, panicking. Uh, I, yeah. I pull apart my computer all together and, and pick it apart piece by piece until I find out one of my, one of my Ram sticks died. So now I'm operating on half the, the Ram that I had before, but I fixed it. Right. I, mm. I, I launched my yeah. computer again and now it's not reading the second hard drive that I have which is where I have all of my absurdity files that I hadn't backed up no. yet. I was going to do that soon. Now I'm definitely doing it sooner. I'm doing it this weekend. 
but yeah, I wasn't re- like it didn't even register. Like the drive didn't exist, and I freaked out and I panicked. I'm like, no, this can't be happening right now. This cannot be happening right now. And um, I, I spent like I, I probably spent like thirty, forty five minutes on Google trying to find out like why it's not re- why it's not do. showing up. Yeah. And uh, then I opened up my computer again because this is a desktop I built like two years ago. So I open up my computer right, and I yeah. pull out the hard drive and I find out that the SATA cable, which is the cable that plugs your hard drive into your motherboard, uh, the the end that plugged into the hard drive cracked and like just broke, like it just became brittle over time and and broke. And so it mm-hmm. wasn't actually like plugged in. So I went to Best Buy, picked up another SATA cable. That's so I much. Never it. buy oh my SATA gosh. cables from Best Buy, but I didn't feel like waiting for a shipment because I have a weekly release schedule for this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I went to Best Buy, picked one up, and now everything's back to normal, and my life is okay. But I had like, this like huge panic moment of this is how it ends. Like, this feels like an ad for like some sort of a, a like a promo ad we would do for like a, a pharmaceutical company. Just like you want that instant relief you feel when you realize that it was just a cable that broke and not the entire hard drive. Try, <laughs> try sad. Asatutafem, ask us. No, it's yeah, we're good. So I haven't lost anything. I, I mean, even if even if the drive had had fallen, I would have at least still had everything that's currently online. It's just um, yeah, but it's, it was just it was just ugh. scary because I don't want to lose all those files. Like that's a no, lot of, of work that's gone into this. Um, it's a lot so, of work. Yeah. Well, at le- yeah, like in the, in the thing that you, I mean, like you never actually leave it, but to retrieve stuff like that off of a hard drive when there's been a short. I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah so that's that's going to cost you a chunk yep. of change. So we're we're good now. All right, let's let's uh, let's dive in I'd to a, today's I'd topic. I had a panic attack myself over um, another what issue. So yeah, so we both had little panicky moments. So that's great. Do you want to tell me about your panicky moment? I mean, it's not really like a, it wasn't like a big. I can't. I couldn't register for classes because I have a hold because I owe like a hundred bucks, and my financial aid hasn't kicked in like i'm sponsored but it basically only pays for my living expenses so um yeah like i was waiting i'm still waiting for my financial aid to kick in so i can't register for classes until that kicks in and it's like <laughs> any day now <laughs> I feel you. so yeah that's 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 my current it's like I was staving it up. I was really lucky because I, I was hanging out like with one of my best friends when I figured all that out. So I was just like, you know what? Just be in the moment. Like, don't think about it. So like, it was it was easy to kind of drop yeah. it. But like, I was like, if I had been in Michigan while this happened, I would I would like I would be in a corner, just rocking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I am. I do not miss those. Yeah, days it would of not be good. And yeah, well, I don't miss great. the days that I haven't experienced yet of a master's degree. But yeah, no, that's. I didn't miss them, and I still got them back. Isn't that great? All right, let's do this All thing. right, so we're going to talk about Christian celebrity culture today and the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with it. Um, I think this has been something that's been even more pervasive now because of a lot of sexual assault and, and, and sexual abuse scandals that are coming out, uh, a lot of moral failings yeah. of, of big-name pastors and and clergy and, and leaders from, from across denominations, honestly. Like, it's not just limited to one denomination. In fact, there's a subreddit called uh, Pastor Arrested. And believe me, one five-minute, not even a five-minute look, like just a one-minute look at that will really depress you. Um, so I do not recommend, one out of ten, do not recommend looking at that unless you want a sobering reality. There's a subreddit for everything. There's, like, literally oh, yeah. a subreddit for everything out there now. Well... Also, keep in mind, like when you when you see those super hyper specific subreddits, it makes you feel like it's way, like it's still bad. Don't get me wrong; like it's horrible when that stuff happens, but it makes you feel like it happens like so much and so often. And it's like, okay, well, like these are sprinkled in with a lot of other things that happen, but it's it it just kind of like hyper concentrates yeah. it. So you're like, this is so totally terrible. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. No, exactly. So. We're going to talk about Christian celebrity culture, and we're not talking about it necessarily through the lens of sexual assault. I'm just saying that that's one of the things that's brought it to the forefront as something that exists. So, I well, think go we've ahead. become more cog- cognizant yeah. of it. You know, like like we re- all of a sudden realize how big it had become when it started to fail. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's. So what what would you define as a celebrity in the Christian world, especially I guess in Adventism? Oh boy. 
Um, do you do you cap it at like, or, or do you do you put the 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 threshold at a thousand followers, at three thousand yeah. followers, at so being in a voice of prophecy video? Shout out to Sean Boonstra. I mean, uh, but what what, what do you what do you do? Where, where do you put yourself? Yeah, well, I think it's also hard for me to define because I don't get starstruck. I grew up, you know, in L.A. and and we used to just see people all the time. You know, Jay Leno was down our street like all the time. People would be like, You saw Jay Leno with you in his cars? And you're like, Yeah, it was, that's a Tuesday. Like, so. Um, Tom Hanks you know, is on me, Wednesdays and uh, Tom Cruise yeah, is on like, Thursdays. He's a nice guy, you know. He doesn't, you know, he tips really well. Um, no, but like for reals, like you, you, I don't really get starstruck per se. Um, so, and it's it's just something that's harder to find. Um, like, I, I will class my, classify myself as a mini celebrity. Just because I know a lot of people, and and when I am with like, when I was with uh, my students, we went to California, and that's where I grew up. Like my dad's connections are all there. He was, you know, a, a minister there for seventeen years. He spent thirty nine years of his life there, and my mom as well. And so I, I know a lot of people. And so we were going, you know, through like San Diego and all these other places. And I was just going through making these connections, being like, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you in forever. How's, how's you know, your mom and all this different stuff? And, and, like, my kids would stare at me and be like, do you know everybody? And then I took another group of kids, a different separate group to Southern, and the same thing happened there. And they were like, oh, my gosh, you know everybody? And it's like, well, I've just made connections. But in that sense, technically, I would also be a celebrity. Um, so it's just hard for me to define. I would say a celebrity is somebody that has more people that know them. I would say this. A celebrity is somebody that has enough of a platform that there are people who think they know them without actually knowing them. Okay, that's fair. I My thing, too, is um, I think there's a difference between a localized celebrity and someone who's just like a celebrity across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's different levels of it, for sure. Yeah, so like... Unfortunately, in this conversation, like I do, can I would consider myself a localized celebrity. Like a lot of, it, even especially based on yeah. your definition, no, there's I, a lot of people that know me in the Southern Union. Not even this, I can verify because I had that happen with you. But I kind of recognize it. Like it, something that happens, the Adventist Church is so small; it happens in my life. But when we went down to prayer conference, like you were the big shot, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm Becker's friend." They're like, "Like everyone's like, yeah, we love Ryan." Like it was just kind of like this wave of knowing you. So I recognize that's like, "Oh yeah, this is your spot." Like this, these are your people. Yeah. So everyone can kind of be a celebrity in their own sphere, but I think, I think when we talk about larger Christian celebrity culture, I would also take it with, and this is specifically within Christianity, right? So what makes a celebrity in Christianity yeah, is much right, different right. than what makes a celebrity just in Hollywood or, or in regular just standard everyday society. But this is something I think for Christian celebrities that is identifiable, which is a, their resources are used and attributed to them specifically by, um, by anything above a conference level. So I would say like in, in within, within Adventism, I would say like, all right, Tony and Nobley's uh, guide to evangelism one oh one or <laughs> like, uh, I, I think if, yeah. if you are yeah. constantly being being invited to places to speak, I think if you are and not places like I think if you're sought out by people that you don't know in Adventism to be given speaking yeah. engagements or things like that, yeah. like I think that's where you're starting to kind of get to the the Christian celebrity kind of, or the Adventist celebrity platform. I think within Christianity too, yeah. it's anyone who's done something notable, anyone who's had this kind of large and this is kind of circular logic a little bit but anyone who said this huge large sphere of influence which ironically they have because they're a celebrity but they had to make the impact first that's what i mean like it's a little yeah. bit circular but i think it's someone so we look at someone like bill hybels we look at someone like stephen furtick well, that, that's why look, it is I, yeah like that's why it is a little bit hard to define because it is a little bit of circular logic like you have a lot of followers because you're a celebrity you're a celebrity because you have a lot of followers um, and initially you kind of build that up. And I, I think some people do it intentionally. Like you have a uh, Hollywood celebrity culture and, and, and uh, the music industry celebrity culture where they are pardon me, very much seeking after it. Um, the entertainment industry, sports industry, stuff like that. But I think at the same time, I think sports is a good analogy sometimes for that where like there are some people in the sports world 
that definitely wanted to go after making a brand and making themselves a commodity and making themselves like a lot of money. And there's some that just wanted to play their respective sport and just kind of were so good at it or did something that was so unique that they became a celebrity, you know, well, and, like they kind of. And I think too, well, with Christianity too, I, think it, I, I think it's also like people want to reproduce the things that you're doing in their churches or their yeah. own context. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think some pastors, I hate to say it, but like some pastors definitely wanted that, like not necessarily in a malicious way, but like you want to, like you want to get the message out. Like the point of being a pastor, especially in a Christian pastor, is like you want to go and like get your message heard. Like you want to, you want to make it a you know a big deal. Um, and so there's a little bit of intentionality of like making your platform heard by more people. Um, and then I think there are some that really just didn't like, they were just like, I just wrote a book. Like I just, this was helpful to me. And then all of a sudden it blew up. You know, I kind of think like, yeah, like there are some pastors that that's kind of what happened. Um, like for me, I don't know if it's true or not. And, and I, I hesitate to do this, but from my understanding, Francis Chan was never intending to become the, the celebrity culture that he was. Same with Shane Claiborne. You know, they just kind of believed these things and everyone was like, I really like what they believe and it just kind of blew up on them. And they were just kind of still doing what they do. Yeah, but... Um, versus I think there are some other pastors that like very intentionally wrote things a certain way and did things a certain way because they wanted to expand their influence. I mean... Which is not a necessarily a bad I thing. I think there's though... Okay. I think there's... If you're going to write a book... Like it's because you want people to read it, and I think there's a difference between intentionally yeah. marketing it so that as like a whole ton of people see it as opposed to just writing the book and putting it out there. But at some point, like if you're putting content out there that you want people to consume, yeah, then you, you are want people to know. Yeah. You are somewhat share your experience. What? Say that yeah. again. To share your experience. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Google Hangouts keeps cutting like the the noise. If you yeah, talk I when I talk, I can't hear you at all. That's very strange. No, I I I to me it sounds like you've stopped talking. And so then all of a sudden you like pause for this long time and go, no, go ahead. And I'm like, oh shoot. Like I cut you off. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> it's really awkward. So we'll, we'll, we'll make this work. This is kind of, I don't know why it's suddenly doing it like this. It wasn't doing this before. So this is very strange. I, I think it's just because we have like 36 devices connected in our house right now. So I think that's why. Fair. Um, yeah, I think like if you write a book, yeah, I think like I'm putting out a podcast to some extent. I want as many people to see this as possible. There is I'm putting out two podcasts um, with the lead podcast as well. Like that's that's another one where I want to equip pastors and want to I want to give resources to other people and I want to get that to as many people as possible. Now, I think the difference is I'm not doing it so that Ryan Becker has a has a big name. I'm doing it because I want to equip people and. I I understand and accept that that if I do that well, a big name will come with it. Uh, I get that. So it's kind of this weird thing where I like okay. While I think that the way we treat celebrities is bad, and this is going to be my point this entire episode, so cat's out of the bag on this one. Um, while I think I don't think celebrity culture itself is terrible, I think the way we treat and regard our celebrities is the bad thing. Uh, and so I actually put more pressure on the followers and not and the fan bases and not the actual celebrities themselves. Yeah. I think right, I yeah. think they have a lot of responsibility to do well, but I also remember that they're human and in a sphere where your moral failures can cause uh professional loss and um and and professional ostracism, I think that's even more true. Like I I I think that I I lean more into the humanness of our celebrities and I want to call I want to call fan bases to accountability and responsibility. That's kind of where I, I think I'm settling on this, which is weird because a year ago I would never have said this, right? Like even even probably six months ago, I don't know that I would have. Well, I, I'm with you on that to a degree. I think also how you as an individual respond back to your followers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think also matters. Um, because there's some people that like that, like I just realized the other day, like I passed and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not a celebrity by any means, but I just realized I passed the amount of people who follow me on Twitter with the amount of people I follow, which was like, like two to one. 
for years. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, like I just looked at the other day. And I'm like, I have like 80 more followers than I, than I follow people. Like that's crazy to me because like my other, my other ones are definitely either one-to-one or, or less. And, um, like that's, that's awesome to me, but it also means like I have a responsibility now, um, to not like put things because there's there's like 500 people who could potentially listen to what I say. So if I put out something like <laughs> people are stupid or whatever, like I have to be aware that I'm like, look, I'm I'm going to be held accountable to that now because now all of a sudden people are following me versus when it was 28 people and two of them are named Bob, you know, Sanderson. I'm like, that's not a real name. Um, you know, like it doesn't matter as much. You can you kind of have that freedom. So how you respond back to that, I think, is also huge because you have some some people, especially in the Christian church, that respond back with, uh, and again, this is very millennial, but a lot of authenticity, a lot of uh, uh, genuineness, and they, res- they, they don't let their celebrity change them. And there's some people that respond back and and allow it to, they, they allow themselves to be put on that pedestal. And it's like, all right, well, then you better, you know, you better, you better come up with this. Yeah. It's the best way I can describe it is like if you come up and ask for the pulpit, you better be bringing it. I've had pastors, it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, when pastors ask for the pulpit someplace, they're like, no, 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 I have a message I need to share. I'm like, well, dude, you better knock this out of the park. It better be at 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. Because if it's not, like that's the level I'm grading it because you have now just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But when you are asked to come and speak, I have a lot more grace for the student who, you know, is asked to speak for student week of prayer. Like I have a lot more grace for them. They cannot do as well. They can kind of roam around and not, because I'm like, you were asked, you know, this wasn't something that you looked for. So to me, I think it, it, the way that you respond to that followership, I guess, the way that you respond to your celebrity is also a determining factor for me, at least in, how I treat you, how I think of you, how I how I perceive you. Okay, that's yeah, that's fair. Like I, I well, here's like you, the thing: you've like, done it really well, Brian. Every you've done it really well. Everything is nuanced. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. Uh, everything is nuanced, right? So, so I, you know, <laughs> when I talk about this, right, I, I yeah. agree with you. I'm just saying that my primary focus in this conversation tends to be on the fan base, uh, and it looks like yours also is on the fan base, but also is on the response of the, the celebrity. Yeah. So let yeah. so because we can't we can't do anything about the celebrities. You know, no, what we I mean? can do something like, about ourselves. Hey, we're not as on the, the level where we can talk about. It. Yeah, and that's exactly it. It's like how do I, you know, perceive these people? Do I hold them up to a pedestal type of yeah. thing? So let's talk about it. what's good about being a celebrity. Like for me, well, if, I I think ahead. I think when I when I think of a celebrity, like that's someone who has a lot of influence. That's someone who has a lot of and and it's a double sided. It's a double edged sword. You know. Um, but you know, someone who does have a lot of influence, someone who does like, if my job, if, if my passion is equipping pastors and I become a celebrity doing that, then I get to equip more pastors. So it becomes like this, this thing where your influence can be something good. Uh, it also means that you get a lot of opportunities. Uh, you, you can make decent money, uh, because of the extra opportunities. And I think as well, um, you have the opportunity to make really cool connections. Like I actually think it's awesome to be connected in, in places like just random places. And the other thing is I think you get as a celebrity, especially with an Adventism, I've seen this, you get a seat at the table. Like you get a voice in, in the big, in, in the big powerful rooms. And I think that so celebrity being a celebrity in Adventism actually drives you or propels you into leadership circles. I mean, I think the, the, the perceived rooms of power. Cause I think, I still think within Adventism, the real power lies with the people. We just don't think we have it. Um, I'm a little bit of a, no, I, I religious like anarchist I'm, that way. I understand. But like, yeah, like you, 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 you get to say things that people are going to listen to. Like there's a weight. The best way I can describe it is this. Like I, I'm totally with you by the way. Like that's a hundred percent what I was going to say almost word for word. Um, in the Maori tribe in New Zealand, um, and different parts of, of uh, the the um, Pacific, uh, the South Pacific, uh, there is a necklace that they have, and it's a um, it kind of swoops down and comes out, and it has it's forked at the end, so it kind of looks like a almost like a scoop um, with a kind of a fork on the end, and it's a symbol of the tongue, 
And in the Maori tribe, according to the story that I was told, so this might not be true. If it is, you know, please, please correct me. But according to the story that I was told, um, in that culture, only the people who have that have the right to speak. And so when they speak, everyone stops and listens, right? There's a great deal of responsibility to it. That necklace, that right to speak cannot be given, right? Like you can't just, oh, my dad was the chief, so I get it. It has to be earned. You have to do an act of bravery or something deserving of the honor to speak. But when you get that, when you speak... People shut up and they listen and they give weight to what you say. You know, other people can talk all day, but also when you stand up, he's got the side of the tongue. Everyone shut up. He's, you know, we're, this is this is important. And so there's people who have that side of the tongue take that responsibility very, very seriously. In fact, it, the way it was described to me is they're very often very quiet people. They don't talk very often because they know when they do talk, everyone to say. So they're not very trite with what they say. Everything has to have a weight to it. And I think that's the best way to say it is that when you become a celebrity in the Adventist world, you're given that sign of the tongue, you know, because we can shout all day into a void. And sometimes it feels that way a little bit, you know, as young pastors where you're like trying to see issues and you see culture that needs to be changed and you're like doing the best you can, but you kind of feel like you're just shouting into the void and it's just bouncing around and hitting you back. And every once in a while you get kind of a response, uh, like a, like a little thing and it's like oh man it's so awesome that you know you could have this influence but it, you know when you become that celebrity you have that that tongue so you sit on the you know you sit with the right people and people look at you and they say oh man he has said something you know so now i might if he said it then i had to change you know i might have to change the way i think about things i'm sorry my dog just farted herself awake <laughs> I just like look out of the room. My dog like jumps up out of nowhere. Oh man. (laughs) He's literally crying folks. Okay. He's literally crying. All right. I'm sorry. Back on track. Um, that's, that's significant when you recognize the, the weight of your words as a celebrity and you recognize the danger and also the, the good things that come with it. So, but it's a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, at least for us, I know part of the reason why I wanted to be on this podcast is because there are things about our culture. Like, it's just so perfect. Like, I think this is absurdity really is a podcast for our time because there are so many things in our culture that I think are absurd and ridiculous and, and need to be changed. And we need to start talking about it. And, and so like, I would love if this podcast continues to grow in influence, like I would have no problem if we reach a hundred, 200 episodes and you know, we have a, bunch of followers because i think that these are important issues i don't really care if my personal twitter gets high because i just sit there and retweet you know like soccer stats and you know funny cat videos so like to me that's not that big a deal so there's certain parts of my life about things that i think have weight and i think being a celebrity is important because it's like i want to talk about these things that to me matter yeah and we should have an influence well, on see, it. Well, see, and that's kind of my thing, too. Like, I do this podcast because I'm passionate about the content, and I wanted to do something to make a difference. Well, I'm passionate about the content, so I don't care how many people listen because I want to talk about it and, and put it out there. Exactly. But at the same time, if I want to make an influence, and if I want to make a difference, then I need people to listen. And so there is exactly. this, like, I, I, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, I didn't do this with the intent of growing into this big pirate radio. Yeah, like, it. I did. I absolutely did create this. And, and we always create with the intent of people following. Like I, I don't, and people taking in and consuming the content that we create. So with that in mind, like I, I don't want to be intellectually dishonest basically is my point. Like I did this with dual reasons, but let's, so let's talk about this then. What are the dangers of celebrity culture? Oh my gosh. There's so many. Um, the biggest one. <laughs> the the bad outweighs the, the good almost. <sighs> almost. It almost does. Um, well, A, for a lot of people, there's a crushing amount of responsibility. On a, on a very small micro scale, pastors' kids are local celebrities, oftentimes very local, but, but sometimes a little bit more so. And there's a crushing amount of responsibility that gets put on you. Um, so as a child, I mean, we see it with child actors all the time. I mean, how many times, how many times do we see a child actor that like, was a legitimate child star make it out of their sane? You know what I mean? I mean, it's almost like it's an exception to the rule. Yeah. Like, we're like, wow, you know, Zach Efron actually did it. Like, <laughs> he's looking good. He's not, you know, addicted to anything like, yay, that we know of. Like, it's, you know, that it's there's a ton of pressure. 
so so that's not good and and so okay so it's very bad for kids but a lot of adults can't handle that pressure either a lot of them crack as well it's not like you know adults sometimes are, are you know a lot of them can't handle that um so there's a lot of pressure i think the other thing is you get put on a pedestal um to where the messiah complex becomes much harder to deal with um you if you don't want to be a celebrity you almost it's like walking on eggshells you have to walk such a very fine line because every part of your life is going to get combed through you 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 start to well and you start to you can start to resent people you can resent the people yeah yeah you you get very resentful because you're like i don't want it and and so like there's two you know that the pendulum there's two ditches to that the one is that you become resentful the other one is that you like it goes to your head and you become this like i am the greatest like you know like michael jackson you know all of a sudden he was the king of the world and everything and it's like well i mean he was a really good musician and a really good artist and a really good dancer but it wasn't like the dude was curing aids Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he wasn't actually contributing Super survive like in a serv- in a world where it's a post apocalyptic world. Michael Jackson would have kept us happy, not alive. You know what I mean? So so you kind of get this overinflated sense of self, um, and and usefulness, and that's the that's the danger I think of celebrity. And within Christian culture, there's an even deeper push on both sides of that, which is the fact that when you become the central focus of attention you are constantly having to push that back to God because the temptation is to constantly, it is just there thrumming in the background. And it's really there for every pastor to a degree. Yeah. But the more people give you weight, the more temptation is there to be like, I have come down from the mountain and I shall ye spaketh upon the And if you're not spending a lot of time with God, like the reason why Moses never really believed his own stuff is because he spent so much time with God. You know, like, like the reason why he didn't go full on Saul is because, you know, King Saul is because he, he was spending a lot of time with God. He totally could have, he totally could have lost it and just been like, yes, I am your savior instead of giving it to God. And so that I see a lot in the Christian celebrity cultures. A lot of times the focus comes off of God and it gets put on you. Well, I think, um, I think the danger of being a celebrity now I'm talking about the fan bases, which is kind of where my focus is anyway. Right. But my my issue with celebrity culture and the danger of it is that people start to project their experiences through your life or through your ministry. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. That's that's a big one to me. Like, and and I think too. How how do I want to say this? Because this is this is really frustrating. You associate your spiritual identity with this yeah, person. Yeah, and through their experience. So I think we were going with yeah. that. Yeah. Like they become like, they oh, become I came the into expression the of church through X. Yeah. 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 Oh, I came into the church Which, through yeah, this Paul person, talks through X about. person. Yeah. And it's like, no, you came to the church through Jesus. Yeah. Like that person may have been the conduit God used, but God was the one who brought you in. But I've heard that over and over and over. Doug that, Bachelor that or, like, oh, or, no, or this person. You know, even Ryan Becker. Like I've baptized a few people was, and they'll yeah, say that. Or Yeah, I was like I was trying not to say names. No, but all right, no like there, there are people. Stephen Furtick, Carrie Neuhoff, Dude. like Craig Rochelle. Like this isn't listen very carefully to anyone yeah. listening. This is not a witch hunt podcast. I'm not no, scapegoating. No, I'm not. just saying, like, and and honestly, that people say Doug Batchelor brought me into the church is not Doug Batchelor's fault. To to like, it's their fault no, it's for not fault. understanding that God is the one who brought them in. And yes, there is yeah. the responsibility on leadership side to make that clear, absolutely. But at the end but of the day, people can't are people. Change the yeah, like it's us. We have to do that. Um, I've had that with organizations, dude. Like I had somebody say to me, "Oh, GY, I came into the church through G, like I came back to the church through GYC," and I wanted to be like, "No, you didn't. You came to the church through Jesus." Like, like I, I didn't because it was going to start a fight <laughs> if I did. So I eventually kind of worked with this individual, and that's the other thing is like a lot of times you'll hear this, and it's like a one-off. Like I don't really know you. I was very lucky that this individual who said it, like I had a relationship with them, so I could like speak into their life a little bit. But that was my struggle. It was like, dude, no, you didn't. Yeah. Like, you came to the church through Jesus. Like, he spoke to you through that, but that's like he's also working through other people. Well, and this is actually so. The other, the other issue with 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 celebrity culture, in my opinion, is that people use celebrities in the Christian world as proof of their faith. So, 
I look at someone like Stephen Furtick, or someone may look at me. No, this is this happens in every local church with a pastor. Let's just like this is not even like greater. This is this is one on one. Any leader, anyone you look up to, right? The people you yeah. look up to become that expression of Jesus Christ in your life, and like for some reason we just do that. And so when Ryan Becker fails, his church members go, "Oh well, then is God even real? If if this pastor was lying to us about X, Y, or Z, or you know if he couldn't even do it, and he's the one preaching that Jesus is the one who who frees you from this stuff." So it's like we literally use celebrities and other people's stories as proof of our faith as nor as just regular human beings and everyone is a regular human being like and it's so frustrating to me because i i have an issue with this in general because what we say is you know people when you bring someone into the church it should it, it should be um you're supposed to be Jesus to other people, right? So they're supposed to see Jesus in you, and and it's 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 how well you treat people and how kind you treat people. You see Jesus in them, and then once they're in the church, we say, okay, stop looking at people because people will mess up. Look at look at Jesus, and it's like, well, hold up, they were always the same person. Why can't we just tell people to look at Jesus the entire time? <laughs> there was a at the summer camp I worked at last summer. They had a thing called Jesus to me, and it was at the very end. And what they would do is publicly go up and say people who had been Jesus to them. And one of the big things that I did uh, when I was there, one of the things I'm very glad is I said, we need to adjust this. Now, there was a lot of change happening, so there was a lot of pushback when we removed that. But I said, we need to stop because I'm a performer, and I know when there is a danger. And I go, this, we, if you want to thank people who have been Jesus to you this week— First of all, that phrase, I don't like the way we say it. I understand what we're trying to say, but I'm like, who did Jesus work through? That should be like, we need to change that phrase because it's not like you were Jesus to me. It's like, no, no, no. He was Tony to you. Jesus was Jesus to you through Tony. Yeah. You know, but but to me, I think that's the other thing is like, yeah, I have no problem with people publicly coming up. My problem is A, that becomes a popularity contest and B, okay, but you know, like it, it, that's a bad platform because all of a sudden now it becomes not about Jesus. It becomes about that person. And I'm all about edifying people. I'm all about being grateful. I'm all about, you know, like wanting to thank them. So what we did is we had everyone write down notes and they could get as many cards as they want. They could do and write as many as they want, but they could say, you were Jesus to me. You were Jesus to me. You were Jesus to me. And, and instead just hand them out. And the way that we pitched it was that way everybody gets to do it, which is also true, right? You know, you can't have every single, you know, we had, 300 campers we can't have them you know go up well it wasn't 300 but you know what i mean yeah. like we don't have the time for that and so that to me was just that issue of you know you just you want to make this about god anytime you take it away from him and and that's that thing is he was always there jesus was always there working through this person acknowledge him not the person yeah and not that I don't want to say like, oh yeah, Paul's awesome. But if you look at Paul, he was like, don't give me credit. Like people are like, oh, you did so good. And he's like, that wasn't me. This was God. Like every time you look at him. And that's again, we can't control if someone's going to react to their celebrity well or not. But we can control whether or not we do that. And to me, that's the whole point, right? Like let's stop going up front and be like, this person, this person. Instead be like, I really love how they show Jesus to me. Right? I really love how they spoke to that. Like I had some professors and I don't like... I'm very intentional about saying I loved how they portrayed Jesus. Like, I love how they brought out this point. Not that, oh, they're just a, such an awesome professor. Because, yes, they could be a great teacher or not, but it's like they show Jesus. That's the point. Hmm. I, yeah, that's, that's really significant. And I think, you know, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I love that as I imitate him. In other words, imitate the things that I do like Christ, but don't, don't imitate me in general. Just focus on the things that... That are like Christ, yeah, um, oh, for sure. But well, so like, here, so what do we do? Because this is a big issue. What do we do when we have these celebrities that that are big and are influential, even if we do it in the right way, and then they have these moral failures? Well, see, so okay, this is where I was going because I think this is going to sound like victim blaming, and I promise you, it's not because I'm not excusing the behavior of people. Who, who make terrible choices to harm people or to hurt people, right? I'm not excusing any of that. But we as fan bases create a culture where, like, knowing how people will abuse power, 
knowing how people will let things go to their head and create an ego, we create spaces where we venerate people, not maybe as saints, but basically as saints. And what happens is they get into power, they mess up once, and they realize that if I come out, all of a sudden I lose everything that, that, has, that I've just been given. And so what happens is this environment of secrecy. Every, I, I, I firmly believe that every sexual assault, sexual abuse case started um, – I don't firmly believe this, but I, 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 could, I could see it this way um, – started as what may have been like a super minor like pornography addiction or something like really tiny that happened somewhere else um, and eventually grew into its full manifestation later down the road. Um, I don't think that all pornography addiction leads down that road. I'm just saying, like, I think it was something small that, and it was one cover up after another, after another, after another, that then leads someone to believe that they can be um, protected. They're invincible. They can get away with this stuff. They can create a culture of silence. They can do all these things. And that's 100% on them. Don't get me wrong. But why are we creating environments where someone um, is is not allowed to be human? (laughs) Why are, like... The fact that a celebrity fails and has a moral failing should not surprise us because they're just as human as us. That's what annoys me is, is anytime a celebrity has a moral failing, we, we pretend to be shocked and outraged and, 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 oh, they're so hypocritical. Well, yeah, everyone is. That's the entire point of looking to Jesus, the one person who isn't, right? We're, so it, it, it's this real struggle for me where what about Christian celebrities who have moral failings? How do we deal with them? stop treating them like they were perfect the entire time. Like, I, <laughs> like this is the, specifically start treating the celebrities that haven't failed as human beings. Like, like that's, that's where, and, and here's the thing. Every single one of them has failed. We just don't know about the failings yet. Like that, that to it. Paul. I, yeah. I love the fact that Paul writes about his his struggle with the thorn in the flesh thing, man. Like, like I really do. Not only from a personal level of like, oh man, I can relate to that so well. I'm so glad that Paul would admit that. But I'm like, dude, this was a celebrity. Yeah. Like, this dude was. I mean, he was the 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 Billy Graham of the you know early world. Like, you just said his name and everyone knew it. Or the you know the Alejandro Bullion, you know of the of the you know the the early world and he was like yeah i struggle with sin all the time and he would say things like you know he says things like the things that i want to do i don't do and the things that i don't want to do i end up doing and i'm like he's admitting to the fact that he sins he's admitting to the fact that he makes mistakes you know he's not he's not a sinner obviously but yeah or he is in the sense that he's not actively trying to not follow god but he's saying i'm not perfect Mm -hmm. you know and and this idea of, of absolute perfection and can I get to a point where I no longer sin? I'm like, well, okay, if you're better than Paul. Yeah. Come to come to me when you think you're better than Paul. And then and then we can talk. But see, that's the thing. Like, we we already think that Christian celebrities are better than Paul. Like that's why that's why and that's the thing, is this like someone someone yeah. like Bill Hybels comes out as this as as an as, you know, there's this big issue with sexual assault with him. And all of a sudden all these church members that were like, Well, he's the one who led me to Jesus and and, and you know, this he did this and he did that and and, and, yeah. and it's like, hold up, but that doesn't like all that good doesn't mean he's yeah. not capable of yeah. bad. And this is I think this is my point. Like, we don't fan bases don't create monsters. All right. This is why I don't think I'm victim blaming here. Fan bases don't create monsters, but we are responsible for creating spaces that monsters can thrive in. Um and, yeah, and, and, and so that's, and, and we do it by the way we lift people up and venerate them and, and treat them as if there are these amazing individuals capable of doing no wrong. I don't want that pressure. On a, on, no. Yeah. On a, on a weird note and this uh, kind of going back to Christian culture, like Louis CK and I'll get back in a second, but like Louis CK had this whole thing where he came out and he was doing, you know, the stuff that was not appropriate and, and um, and people were just like, oh, I'm so shocked with this. And I'm like, why? Like, he literally made his bones talking about how he's a horrible human being. Like, and I get that a lot of times he put on an act and it's a persona. And I'm like, but to consistently your entire career talk about how, like, your imperfections and, and oh, I struggle and I like creating fights and, and this, that, and the other. Like, 
how was this surprising to you? Why did you build him up to be something he was not? He told us who he was. And this is the thing, like when pastors say things like, oh, I struggle, we, when they say that from the front, it's almost like we're like, yeah, but you don't really struggle. I had somebody come up to my dad, you know, when he was uh, pastoring, you know, here in Arizona, and, she, and she, you know, she said to him, oh, pastor, I need you to pray for me. And he was like, okay, sure. And she's like, no, 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 I really need you to because God hears your prayers. And he oh, was like, well, God hears no. your prayers too. And she's like, but he, she, she grabbed him, paused, and went, but he really hears yours. Like, that's the kind of thing that, that you still have. And I'm not blaming her in any sense, but that's, that's the, what we as fan bases, this is what we do, is we create these spaces where, like you were saying, it can grow. Now, I'm very fortunate that I, you know, my dad never, like, that never got to his head. Like, he was never like, oh, okay. Like, he just kind of, he just kind of shook his head and goes, I'll pray for you, you know. But it, I'm very lucky that, that that I had that example because I could very easily have switched to the other side. And I believe that there are some celebrities in Adventist culture that that has happened to. We have, we have created a space to allow them to do that, and they have jumped the shark. I mean, they have gone full on that crazy man you know and so like this is the thing that i struggle with a lot of times is i go i can't change them yeah you know but i can change and i know me. a lot of times yeah i can change the fan base i can change the culture and i know for myself like this is a big deal for me when i hit 460 you know twitter followers or whatever like okay don't let that change me you know, keep in mind the responsibility, you know, that you always have. But, I, you know, to me, when we got sponsored, this was a big deal. You know, like people don't realize like how much we actually discussed the concept of even getting a sponsorship at some point on this podcast because we're like, OK, do we want, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. You know, we want to be able to always have our voice free to say these things and to talk about these things and to say things like, you know, we as a fan base and did not have celebrity culture. Well, you know, do we want to get to a point where we can't do that anymore? And I don't think we want to. I don't want to anyway. But that's the reality is like you have to be prepared for that because as 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 a fan base, we do this and we need to stop doing it. We need to stop doing it for pastors. We need to stop doing it for evangelists. We need to stop doing it for musicians. This is another big okay. one. Like need to breathe you know they were coming out with with the fact that like while they were writing christian albums they were doing very not jesusy things and it's like okay yeah, when when, when, like, when the it. stuff with tim lambesis and as i lay dying came out i don't know if you know about this story so yeah, tim lambesis yeah. the front man of a of a christian he a, yeah, yeah he hired a hitman to kill his wife and he went to jail and now he's out and he yeah allegedly he's out of jail and as i lay dying is actually reformed and is is trying to continue but it when that story broke Everyone in the Christian music world went, yeah, like 90% of the bands that are, do this are not Christian, but they understand they can take advantage of the Christian fan base or get get music, get money, whatever. Or this has been their job for 10 years. They don't know anything else, so they're going to keep doing this. Like yeah. rebranding is impossible, it seems. So it's – we – And it frustrates me a lot of times that we as Christians allow – we allow – another – I'll just give you a perfect example. Went to a Hillsong concert. Not about Hillsong, by the way. But we went to a Hillsong concert, and they promoted the Noah movie. And as a fan base, everyone there was like, well, not everyone, because I was against it. But they were all like, yeah, it's awesome. They're making a Noah movie. And like, as a film guy, I'm like, dude, this is Darren Aronofsky. This is the dude who made Black Swan. What on earth makes you think he's going to at all be biblical? And sure enough, after it came out, people were like, that was weird. I don't know. I didn't like And I'm like, duh. You know, it's like if, if what's the name that Tim Burton made a, you know, the Daniel movie, like mm, this is probably, oh, I would not love gonna, to see the statue like, of Daniel too in that vision. Oh man, that would be baller. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the, oh, the guy who makes the, he used to be with Monty Python. He makes weird films. I can't remember his name. Oh, work with me. Ah, oh, he did like Brazil and Twelve Monkeys and nope, no, no. Anyway, like if 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 he made you know, oh, he's doing the David story. Like, yeah, this is going to be weird. Like, but we as a fan base promoted it, and we allowed that film to have weight because we like. Well, you know, these guys put it up there on their screen. This must be good. And it's like, no, we have to challenge. What's interesting talking about this idea of the fan base. You look at Paul going through in the book of Acts. He goes to the to to Athens. Doesn't do so great there. Goes to Thessalonica. The Thessalonians like really 
just accept everything he says. Like, this is awesome. This is great. We're totally behind this. Then he goes to this little, not a little, I guess, but another town called Berea. And not as famous as Thessaloniki, not as famous as Athens, but they sit there and hold his feet to the fire. You know what I mean? Like, they, they really, you know, they they sit there and it says every day they went and checked the scriptures to verify what he was saying was true. And it says they were more honorable than everyone else. Like they were, this is good. This is, this is what you want to see because they were sitting there. They did not allow Paul, his celebrity, because you know, they had to know who he was. They did not allow him to affect that. And they were like, we want to make sure this is true. We want to make sure that this guy's singing it. And I go, that's the attitude we need to have as a fan base is trust, but verify like, I trust that what you're saying is true, because this is the other danger that comes with that, and this has happened to quite a few Adventist celebrities. I can go off the deep end and start saying some wacko, like, crazy, like, this has happened historically. The same dude that was in the, the 1888 conference that was like, um, you know, salvation by, you know, Jesus and grace and, like, all this amazing stuff that Ellen White was totally behind, ended up becoming anti-Trantarian and believing that Jesus wasn't really God. Like he he went off the deep end, went crazy, and if like people like followed him, like people followed him, and Ellen White's sitting there going like, "Well, we don't really believe this," and and whether or not you believe in Ellen White, like leadership basically said this is not what we support. But I go, but you know that there were people that followed him just because you know EJ White because it's EJ Wagner, and this has happened so many times, and we have a current big celebrity right now yep. that is saying he's not a theologian. First off, he's not a trained theologian at all he's not a biblical scholar and yet he is saying crazy stuff like crazy stuff that is not biblical and not good theology and we're just simply following him and a lot of other people are saying like heresy like they're saying heresy but because they are a celebrity we are not willing to hold their feet to the or fire because, we're not willing because to sit they there. not even because they're a celebrity but because they had a positive impact in my life and suddenly they're not capable of doing bad yeah just because somebody said truth one time doesn't mean they're going to say it every time because unless I am constantly submitting my life to Christ, which I want all of my followers to do that, by the way, this is one of the reasons why I'm single, um, is that I refuse to marry somebody who wants to marry a pastor because I need somebody who's willing to hold my feet to the fire and not just be like, he's just so awesome, I love him so much. Like, I want somebody who's going to kind of be like, dude, that's crazy. That's funny. My <laughs> luck is uh, I can't find anyone that will touch ministry with a 10-foot pole. So <laughs> I'm the That's exact... That's also another... Uh, there are many reasons yeah. why I'm single. Um, I So when I... Ladies. Okay, so let's, let's kind of retract this then, because we're talking about Christian leaders who have, or celebrities who have moral failings. And here's, here's yeah. my thing. If the moral failing is of a personal nature that doesn't actually, like, actively victimize someone else, I'm more of a fan of, like putting them through some sort of rehab rehabilitation thing. Um, yeah, for sure. But if it's someone, Absolutely. if it's someone who actively has victimized people, I think that's when you give up the right to, or give up the privilege um, that you've been given yeah. in, in being entrusted yeah. with people, right? Like if I'm entrusted with, with the, with the code to a bank vault and I break in and steal money once, guess what? I'm never going to be given again. Um, so it, it's this thing where even if you don't break into your own vault, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're given the, the trust to this vault, but you, you rob a, a liquor store on the side of the road, it's like, okay, yeah, we're not going to trust that are So if you're entrusted with the care of people, with God's people, and you fail by actively, actively victimizing them, then okay, that's it, from, in my view. Um, but if it's, if it's, you can work in kind of, you can, you can get a job elsewhere, you can do something different, but as far as that... It's gone. But if it's a personal moral failing, yeah. I'm kind of on the I, I, I'm on the side of like, let's get you help and get you taken care of. Um, that's that once they have that moral failing, that's that's where I think because we all struggle. Yeah. And I think no, every time sure. I think the other thing that we need to do is we we have to have grace and abundance, and we have to have judgment in rehabilitation. I don't know if that makes sense, but I want to look at my, I want to critically look at all of these well-known individuals. And I think we should go through their lives to a degree with a fine tooth comb because when you have that weight of responsibility, whether or not you want it, 
I want to make sure that what you were saying, like I said, if you ask for the pulpit, or if you're given the pulpit, quote unquote, in a metaphorical sense, okay, I want to find out what you wrote. You know, I'm going to find out what you believe because if you're if you're going to say something that's going to have an influence on people, I'm going to judge you with the idea of I want to rehabilitate you and I want to have grace and abundance. So if you make a mistake, if you have a failing, I want to judge you harshly and have grace in abundance. I would rather say I want to judge you fairly, not harshly, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, fairly, which can be harsh at times. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. A lot of people, they they judge with a, they nerf the judge a little bit and they're like, ah, and they kind of put on kid gloves. It's like, no, 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 no. Hold, hold, their feet to the fire. Cause this is the thing. Jesus never said like, treat me with gay gloves. Like Jesus never backed away from a fight. Um, you know, Paul went in and just tore Peter, you know, he tore him up because he's like, dude, you're doing the wrong thing. Did, did Paul ever knock Peter's theology? No. Did Paul say Peter shouldn't be a leader? No, but Paul was willing to call him out. Absolutely. And be like, dude, you need to get your head on track. And that's how we, to me, that's what we should do. We should treat our celebrities that way. Because, again, I can't do, I can't judge them, you know, or change them. Like, I can't, there are not a lot of people in that world that are that high. I am not that high. I'm close. I'm not in their stratosphere. So, like, I need to then affect the people around me, which is, okay, we need to stop putting on these blinders, putting on these rose-colored glasses. No, let's actually hold them up. Let's take them to the standard. And then when they do fall short, let's have grace and abundance. Yeah. Well, I think and absolutely say, build you. I up. talked about this in in a prior episode on uh, Adventism's cling to relevancy, which is probably like ten or fifteen episodes yeah. ago. But I also mm, think, a good um, like uh, we as a fan base, I think we need to um, find security in our own faith instead of looking for it in others. I think we need to look at our own journey and and find security and find our firm foundation in Jesus Christ on our own instead of basing it on the experience of other people. I think that's huge and significant. I mean, even Bad Christian recently did an episode on Benny Hinn, and they interviewed his nephew. And his nephew used to be involved in the ministry, used to be a really kind of big name in it. And the dude himself, if you've looked at any Benny Hinn videos where he walks up and he taps people and they're healed and all this stuff, right? Um, his his nephew openly said on the podcast, I have never seen a person healed in my time working with Benny Hinn, period. Never seen a person healed. So like, to me, I almost don't even trust the miracles that other people experience. I only look at the miracles. Like, I can see them as affirming and encouraging, but I can't see them as like, this is proof for me that God exists, that some someone else, like, for me, I want to look at it through my own experience and say, Jesus, what are you doing in my life and what are... And yes, I fully understand that then you risk subjectivity. I understand that. And I think there are some object, objective measures for faith and, and for the reality of our beliefs. But this podcast isn't necessarily about those. So like this episode. But I just really want to stop yeah. living my faith through the eyes of others and through the lives of others. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's the real, the correct application. Paul says, you know, work out for yourselves with fear and trembling your own salvation. A lot of people translate to that as like salvation by works and all that. To me, that's the correct application of it. Whereas don't just accept that I, you know what I mean? Like work out how your salvation works for yourself, your own, your own theology of it, because don't say it was like, oh, well, Paul told me I was, no, you have to come up with it in your own mind. You have to figure out for yourself, your own spiritual identity, you know, work out for yourself because this is a very serious thing because again, to say I came in through Apollo or I came in through Doug Bachelor or I came in through, um, you know, the dude at uh, Pioneer Memorial. Um, oh, Dwight Nelson. Dwight Nelson. I came in through Sean Boonstra. I came in through, you know, uh, uh, Mark Finley. No, you didn't. You came in through Jesus. And you need to work out for yourself why that is important because humans are going to let you down. Yeah. This is the ultimate problem with celebrity is humans are always going to let you down. There's only one person on this earth that never let anybody down ever. And that was Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Everybody else is going to do it. Yeah. Well, and, Everyone and it's else hard is because technically, it technically I think Jesus did let people down actually, yeah. but he, he did it not, not because he failed, but because he didn't meet the expectations, the false expectations that they put on him. Like, I guess that's, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a better point of celebrity culture, right? 
people made Jesus out to be something he wasn't. If you're disappointed in Jesus, you are the problem. <laughs> yeah, I like that's that's fair. I I think that's fair. That's a really that's, good point you made. A, I never thought. Yeah, Jesus absolutely Dude, failed. I just discovered something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, now we know what we're preaching on tomorrow. <laughs> we did it. Yep. All right. Um, no, There's I a sermon in there somewhere for sure. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, no, Jesus for sure. did fail absolutely. people. He wasn't afraid to fail people. Um. But he did not. He did not try to live up to people's false expectations of who he was, and I think, Absolutely. and I think that's really important. But yeah, I think I think there's a whole lot of celebrity culture, and and here's the thing: I respect every person that you named. I respect. I respect Mark Finley, Sean Boone, Dwight Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you name it. They have I, incredible ministries. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like I love what what God has done through them, and I I may not agree with everything they say or believe, but. I respect them a lot for what they've done. Man, I actually, I know I, I, I don't necessarily agree with Doug Batchelor on everything, um, especially some major things. But I baptized someone last year that came that came to the church because they were watching yeah. Amazing Facts to the point that I didn't even have to do introductory Bible studies with them because they knew it all. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's, he's he has so, an incredible so, like, ministry. Like, can you know? we like can we acknowledge? That people are just people, and people will fail. I will fail, Tony. That's the reality. You will fail. Yeah. Like everyone is going to fail, and that's like that's just and, expected. That's just a part of life. Exactly. And I think that's why, to a degree, I hate the fact that we as a culture now go back and we see, oh, um, you know, look at this. Eight years ago, this person said this thing, and I'm like, yeah, eight years ago, I thought blonde tips was a good idea for my hairstyle. Man, okay. I love that. We all do dumb stuff eight, you know, like eight, ten years ago. Like, like, hello, like, we we all make dumb mistakes. Well, that's, and I think that's, that's like, the big thing for me. It's like, like what you were saying with the idea that they're human. I can totally respect the fact that they have allowed God to work in their lives in an incredible way, and God has used them in a yeah. mighty way without, without taking the fact, without not taking into account their humanity and being like. Yeah, they're going to say crazy stuff. Like, the same thing with Ellen White. Like, that's why I believe Ellen White is real, because I can separate her propheticism, for me, from her humanity and be like, sometimes she said stuff that was just like, nah, that's not real. Yeah. But she was saying that. And there are moments where just because she said some things that are not right doesn't mean that every single moment like she said some things that are incredibly profound and good. And I have and they have been they have spoken into my life in an incredible way yeah. and allowed God to speak into my life in an incredible way. But I don't hold her up as a celebrity well, either. Prophets. I, and the fact that I did look at her life and learn about her as a human made her so much more relatable. That's the thing. Prophets can be wrong. I mean, and, and that's like fact um, in Second Samuel. David's like, hey, God's in a tent. I'm in a palace. Let me build God a palace, like a temple. And um, and Nathan's like, yeah, God is with you. Go ahead and do that. And then late, legit that night, uh, Nathan, God approaches Nathan and is like, no, no, not at all, actually. No, I am not. That is not what I want. That's never what I wanted. Tell him to stop doing it. I think it's 2 Samuel 7. You can look this up yourself. Um, like, yeah. So it's like Nate, prophets can definitely be wrong and people can be wrong. And I think, look, honestly, I think all the current moral failures that we're seeing, I think all the ex, the the exposés, all the all the exposing that's happening within the denominations and within Christianity, I think it's a giant wake up call to us. That's what I think Good. it is. Yep. I think it is a giant it. wake up call to us to remember to our place and to remember who we yep. are. And to avoid, obviously, avoid those pitfalls and create a system where monsters can't keep thriving like this. Uh, it, it just, it's so painful. And I'm tired of seeing people and, hurt. And it's going to be painful fixing yes. what we have allowed to grow up. And the way that we move forward, I think, is exactly what we were saying, where let's, let's not, because if all we do is just seek out and find the monsters that, that, that we've allowed to grow, we're just going to keep doing this. Like it's going to be a never ending battle because we're, you know, we're allowing more to grow. We don't create them. We allow more to grow as we do this. So it's like, we need to also move forward and say, we're not going to allow this type of culture. Yep. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to build up. I hate to say it, Franklin Graham to the point where he can, you know, actively support someone who is not only living in sin, but is actively breaking one of the commandments of God on an almost daily basis. And he can just be like, well, God put him in because I agree with his politics. Like we can't allow that type of celebrity culture to remain where we have to say, 
this is not okay. Yep. And not put them up on a pedestal and just be like, just because you you have this big voice doesn't mean that I'm not doesn't mean that I'm not going to hold you to the same standard that I hold, you know, Joe Schmo or, you know, mm-hmm. Joanna Schmo. Like everybody gets held to the same standard. Um and that's that's the importance. That's well, the that's the best way moving forward in my opinion. Well, and that's the thing. Like everyone is equally fallen in 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 Christ. Like like, you know, in in Christ's eyes everyone is equally fallen. And for those who are saved, everyone is equally saved. All those celebrities that you look up to, all those Christian bands and artists and, that you look up to, they are no more saved than you are, and they are no more sinful than you are. Everyone yep. has their their fault, their falling, their failings, and, and their their issues. And so I I just want to see us be more responsible with the celebrity culture we have. I, I think we'll always be drawn towards it. I think that's human nature. Israel always wanted a king. I think we always look. To people to inspire us and to lead us, and I get that. And so I want to be responsible with what we have, and I want to try and keep my attention on Jesus as much as possible. So that's where I'm at. I just had I just had a great picture in my head when you said that. I was like, everybody fails. <laughs> just... <laughs> All right, everybody fails. So I think we're done. Uh... <laughs> There's your soundbite. So there it is. Here's your soundbite uh, for the beginning of the episode. Hey, thank you guys. Uh, we need to have a trigger warning too, a little bit. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I may yeah, put one at the beginning. Put one in there. Um, well, yeah. thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Absurdity. If you want to find us online, you can find us at theabsurdity.org. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, podcatching apps, you name whatever podcatching app you can think of. We're probably on it. Um, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave a review. That really helps us out. And if you have any comments, questions, feedback for the show, you can email me, ryan180becker at gmail.com. You can tweet at me, ryan180becker, or Tony, your Twitter, please. Tony underscore A-N-O-B-I-L-E, or just look up the new Dr. Jones. Awesome. So um, also one last thing, if you want to give financially to this podcast, it really helps us out. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash absurditypodcast and um, it, it is super helpful for us. It helps cover costs and, and fees. So we really, really appreciate you, all of our patrons that, that currently donate to us. Thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.